So, welcome everyone to um, Happy Life Habits Inspiration Point. This is series four and it's episode two. And our guest today is Angelina Samaru. So I'll introduce her properly in a moment, but um, uh, uh, just uh, uh, share a, a couple of um, slides and introductions to you. So let's go full screen. Can you all see the screen? Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. Brilliant. Thank you. Okay, so as um, usual, um, what I would like you to, um, uh, what we'd like to do is just ask using a scale of um, zero to 10, but not using uh, the number seven, just now, just take a checkpoint to see where you are on that happiness scale for yourself. So, and you're allowed to use fractions and you're allowed to use decimals, but just take a checkpoint right now to, to see where you are. And if you want to put it in the chat, you can drop it in the chat. And if you want to press the space bar and share, that's fine. And this is really just there as a checkpoint for ourselves just to see where we're at. Our numbers are unique to us. We do not need to compare our numbers with anyone else because our scale is different from everyone else's. But it's there just as a checkpoint for us to see where we're at. Um, and we, yeah, we've got a great uh, variety there. And I myself will be 8.2 at the moment. It's uh, been a bit under the weather this week, so it's a little bit less, but 8.2 is what we'll say. And the key thing here is the purpose of this exercise is one, for us to be aware of where we are at this moment in time. Two, with that awareness, we have choice. If the number is not what we want it to be, uh, we can choose to change it. And, in, uh, and that's by taking action. And the things we share in Happy Life Habits, the practices and the knowledge we share are the things which can help us shift this number um, uh, 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 moving upwards in a positive direction. So that's uh, what's there. So it's awareness, it's choice, and it's action. So our grand rules are this session is being recorded. We ask you to keep your mobiles on silent for the duration. We ask you to stay on mute. Um, at the moment, you can have your videos on, but when we go into the vid um, interview process, if I could ask you to stay on mute and keep your uh, videos off during that period, that would be great. Then at the end, when we come to the Q&A, um, you can switch the videos on and ask questions either directly or via the chat. So that's uh, what we're uh, working with. So as um, I've shared, uh, 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 I'm uh, Shane Sharp, happiness coach. So with, for happy life habits, we're positively impacting happiness and well-being levels. And one of these is through this inspiration point uh, podcast project. And this is about having guests come on who are inspiring, positive, extraordinary people, sharing their journey, their challenges and turning points, daily habits and learning through personal development, happiness and spirituality. And it's really about having this one hour for us to focus on positivity, happiness, and either um, resonate with uh, whoever's sharing um, with as they answer the various questions or to be um, inspired to you know face uh, work through the challenges we may be facing so that's um, um, how we're working with this and we've got you know a set of nine questions that we work through um, these include you know what makes you happy what are you currently doing that inspires you and what's really lovely that I enjoy about this is as each person uh, you know guest who shares on this 
there's you know some commonality that you know we see in it and there's also some individuality we see so from both angles we see you know some common ground and we also see some individuality and you know by the end of the session there should be some things that you've been inspired with and also some new learnings you've taken away um, from the session so that's what we're um, dealing with there and really you know uh, i'd like to say a big um, thank you and a, a, a grateful thank you to um, balance consultancy so shandip is with us joining us today um he sponsored all six episodes of um this series series four as well as um uh, sponsoring previous episodes and being a great supporter of um, happy life habits so really uh, appreciate that so if you do need um professional writers or lasting power of attorneys to be sorted um, highly recommend uh, visiting uh, balanceconsultancy.co.uk and uh, progressing those things. So Inspiration Point um, podcast, uh, as I mentioned, uh, six episodes in the series. Last um, session, two weeks ago, uh, we had Nisanka sharing her journey. Uh, the recordings of those are on the website and on uh, YouTube and on the podcast platform. And today we have Angelina joining us. And then we have um, four more people every two weeks between now and December through this, you know, winter, autumn period to see us and through and inspire us. And each of them brings a different story and a different uh, uh, journey uh, to the table. And so let's um, have uh, a little introduction to Angelina. So Angelina's roots are in Trinidad and Tobago, and that's in the Caribbean. Um, and, you know, she had a, a happy childhood in the sun. Um, now, of course, here in uh, the uh, uh, wonderful UK with its uh, various seasons. Um, and she came um, uh, back to England age 14 and attended secondary school. And that's a really you know, interesting story that we'll hear about more uh, in a moment. Um, she didn't go down the, uh, uh, the usual uh, journey that her, her mum was suggesting of um, going um, to become a doctor or an accountant. Um, she chose to go into aeronautical engineering. And remember, um, that's uh, quite a rare uh, discipline to go into and even rarer, you know, uh, you know 15, 20, uh, 30 years ago, as well as uh, one which, you know, not many people may have heard of uh, or be aware, been aware of during that time. And to go into that, which is quite a male-dominated environment, you know, she's thrived in that environment. She's worked on the Tornado um, um, fighter jet, and she'll um, give us, you know, uh, 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 that journey of um, working on that for a number of years and the skills she developed um, became uh, chartered with the Royal Aeronautical Society, became a fellow of the Institution of Engineering and Technology. And in that environment, you know, uh, as you know, things progressed, you know, she saw the glass ceiling um, and then chose to um, come away from be hitting that glass ceiling or being bound by that glass ceiling. And with experience she's gained from her education, from going into aeronautical engineering, going into software testing in the, uh, for the tornado and uh, doing user acceptance testing and so forth. With all of those skills and experience, she's um, now offers courses in software development and training and has actually written some books for the British Computer Society. For those of you not aware, that's the professional body 
for um, the computer scientists and IT professionals in the UK, similar to the accountancy bodies and the bull writers bodies and the pharmaceutical bodies and the British Medical. It's that equivalent. And she's you know, written a couple of books on um, software testing in the sector. So no mean feat there. Um, and what she really does value is um, real people in her life contributing to society. And through her community work, she's actually teaching some Nepalese, uh, Nepalese ladies English and really enjoying that um, experience and learning lots. And she will share um, her experience of seeing angels on earth and how um, Dave guided her on her uh, journey. So that's a, a short introduction to uh, Angelina. So Angelina, uh, a really warm welcome. For those of you who are uh, able to, you might prefer to take the Zoom, go to view and change it to speak of you instead of um, gallery view. Um, and that term should show um, Angelina uh, uh, and myself uh, nice and big um, on the screen. And yeah, welcome Angelina. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you very much, Amy. And I must admit, I sound better when you introduce me. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> you look really good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So we'll go straight to it. So Angelina, the very first question that we always like to ask is, uh, what makes you happy? What are some of the things that make you happy? Yeah, I mean, you know, happiness is a is a big word, isn't it? To try and figure out what actually makes you happy on a on a day to day basis. And some days, you know, we're not, you know, when you know, if you're not well, you want well. So if you're not well, you're not feeling very happy. What makes you happy? And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's the normal stuff that your family's all okay, you're all okay, you've got no big problems. You know, just just the usual stuff in life, really. Um, what makes me really happy though is when I can get up with a day that's all mine. There's no deadlines. There's no not that I mind being here, but there's nothing that I have to be at any time. I like having a free day. So that really makes me happy. So if I wake up and there's no shopping to do, there's nothing to do, just just the day to do anything that comes my way. That's that's my happiest days when I can. So kind of like an unscheduled day where you've got yeah. the freedom to then choose what to do. Yeah. So it depends on the weather. Today was a lovely day. You know, it was really nice weather. So if you've got something to do and you've got to go to work today and it's sunny, you think, so I don't want to go to work today because I'd rather be out in the sun. So, so that for me is the ultimate happiness where you could just stay your day depending on what the weather's bringing and what you feel like doing on that day. They don't come very often, as I'm sure you all know, but but sometimes they do. So that's, that's yeah, I look for freedom. Wonderful. Yes. And that, that was part of the aspect of then starting your own business as well, I guess. Um, Yes, yeah, so after a while, you know, when you and I, you know, when you're in the working world, you know, you're there for a reason because you've got to pay the bills and then you've got to pay your mortgage and you do all this sort of stuff. And and then there comes a point where you start to wonder what you yourself can do and how would you stay your day? You know, what would you do with it? So it, it is nice to have the the anchoring beforehand to have gone through the, the sort of education system and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I think ultimately we all want some kind of freedom. And, and, you know, just even if it's a couple of hours here and there just to do whatever it is you need to do by yourself, it's quite, you know, it's quite nice. So, so yes, so running my own business is a big part of that. So you really can steer your own destiny and choose. Not that it's that easy because, of course, your clients will then lead you. So you've got many more bosses than one. So, so there is that side of the, of the coin. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. So what are you currently doing that inspires you and um, – because this can involve, you know, um, what you're doing from the work perspective, 
uh, as well as at, you know, uh, uh, outside of the work perspective. So what are the currently some of the things you're doing that, you know, inspire you? Yeah, well, on the work side, it is about, you know, delivering the training courses. I do lots of different training courses and it's just getting those, you know, we're delivering it online. So last week I had a group of very experienced people. And so because it's online, I had a guy from Ghana, I had a couple of people from, from Portugal and I had the rest from the UK. And that was really interesting just to have everybody together. Now, normally they would come to London, but that's an interesting dynamic to work online. And so right now I'm working how to get the courses to work interactively when you're online, because mm. it suits me whilst I'd, I'd love to travel far, far away to far flung places like, like Ghana and Lisbon. I don't particularly want to come to London on the train. Yeah. So, so what's inspiring me right now is trying to figure out how to do this so it's interactive enough so I don't have to go to London. I don't mind being in London, but I don't want to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Yes. To take the train to get to London. I have to take the train before the train I want because it's probably not going to run on time. And that really frustrates me. The thing I pay for doesn't actually work. So I have to leave my house an hour before I'd normally leave my house because it's probably, and it, when it does work, then I'm at the office an hour early. So, so I hate that. <laughs> it's just. Yes. Not an efficient spend of my time. So I find that inspiring. Well, at the moment, and this might be quite contentious, whatever your political bent, I quite like the way Boris Johnson speaks. He does make me feel, I, I think Keir Starmer probably has more to him, but Boris Johnson is inspiring me right now. Get up and get on with it. <laughs> so I think, well, I've got this problem. And he's saying, well, actually, no, just go do this, you know. So... Right now, strangely enough, I'm not saying I like the man, but I like his words and I like his enthusiasm. And it's just, you know, just just kind of gloss over all the horrible things that's happening, which is what politicians do. But but he is giving me some reason to think, OK, I wonder if there's a different way to do things. Maybe I could find other things to sort of spread out. OK, that's an um, interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm, I'm taking so whatever your, your views on Brexit and Ripple and I have, Ripple and I have had many discussions on Brexit. I feel we're here now. You should just go with whatever. You know, you can't roll back whichever side of the argument you're on. This is where we are. And I feel I'm up for this challenge now. I, you know, just tell me what, you know, there's a million vacancies out there. I haven't had a look yet because I am busy. But I wonder what else there is to, I, that could be other that I could be doing. I don't know. Maybe there's something else I could be doing differently or better or whatever. If there's a million vacancies, not that I've had a look on, on yes. you know, to see what they might be. Maybe there's something else I could be doing that's more fun. You know, I don't know. Do you drive a HUV uh, trailer? Oh, what, trailer? HUV. HUV <laughs> trailer, yes. Well, I know the Queen's already been asked, so I'll, maybe I'll let it first before I, I go. Um, but yeah, so um, my Qigong teacher, can I talk about that or not? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there, oh, I'm sure most of you probably have heard of Tai Chi. So I was introduced to something called Qigong, which is the thing that came before Tai Chi. So my understanding is Qigong was what people in China did, first of all, for health reasons, because they don't have a welfare state and, you know, they've always got famine. They're, you know, they're perpetually hungry, they don't really have an awful lot. And so they were practicing Qigong to keep themselves well so they didn't have to go to hospital and pay lots of money. And then apparently some army general said, can you turn that into Tai Chi? But my teacher, she is an English lady. And she went out to, about 10 years ago, went out to China. She was made redundant in an ordinary job here. And then somehow found herself in China studying this thing. And I'm thinking, how do you make that leap? Mm. 
what how what comes into your head and says i think I'll, no, maybe she was doing qigong with another teacher I, I haven't asked her but what i find fascinating with her is how she manages to keep her flock together so she kept us all together during lockdown on zoom yeah managed to get us all out into the classroom and every time she teaches us she teaches in a subtly different way the way she does it so I'm finding her really inspiring because she runs a tiny business like mine in a completely different sphere, but she's still teaching. Mm. So I'm trying to learn from her how she's, you know, a, a different take on how you might do things. So she's at the moment, yeah, I think, you know, quite an inspiring person. And Qigong, Qi is that universal energy that flows through all of us and sometimes alluded to like in Star Wars, the force, um, correct? Yes. Uh, and, the life and energy. Yes, and it's all about channeling, channeling the energy from the earth and the, and, and the you know, and up. And she says, oh, bring the earth up and do this and push things back. And, and you know, and I feel if, if you are having a busy day, I think she's quite calming, you know, to sort of push all that back. So, so that's a journey I never thought I would take. In my younger days, I certainly had no interest in anything that looked like soft skills. I was all into, you know, hard engineering stuff. And, and in, in London, you have to be, you know, powerful or whatever. So I'm, I'm exploring this other side of me. <laughs> Um, that I want to develop, you know, to, to sort of be, you know, a, a, yeah, I suppose a bit softer, really, and just um, just discover more fun things to do, really, rather than always channeled. Our culture is always about success, isn't it? Yes. So, so it's trying to find a way out of that, to think of other things, that are a more holistic way of being, rather than I always have to be, you know, marching this way to to, to, to do everything that, that, unfortunately, we are predisposed to. That's how we're brought up, aren't we? So Yeah. So a couple of more things I remember you shared with me regards to um, uh, the uh, inspiring one was gardening. Yes. So, so, um, so do you because we do have some key gardeners with us uh, on. Oh, on, okay, on, okay, okay, yeah. okay, well, all right. So, so maybe I should just declare. So I'm just a novice. <laughs> but during lockdown, I dug deep into my front garden and redid the whole thing. So along the streets, everybody's drives uh, driveways. <laughs> And mine's an oasis. So I've created a completely different garden. And I'd had lots of people do it for me and everything died. I did it myself. I Googled. I looked to where the sun was. You know, so I tracked where the sun was. I looked where the plants were. I went to the garden center and fought my way to get compost and stuff and did the front. And I'm really, really pleased with that. And then I attacked the back and created a little wild garden at the back. And then I'm so, um, but like a lot of people, they turned to gardening, didn't they, during lockdown? Because... Yeah. The, is you're allowed legally to be yeah um so uh, you know i so i suppose you know it was nice to just join the masses for once just do something that everybody else is doing so yeah. i didn't feel out of place i felt like yeah this is what everybody's doing just just do it and rupal sent me some plants as well thank you rupal um so you know i, I planted those out and you know we kind of got into community so you could talk to other people about it because they've got an allotment you know and then and then i call her for, for ideas and stuff and yeah, I suppose a lot of people do gardening, don't they? Uh, when you're yeah. on a stage, maybe you gravitate to gardening and Radio 4 at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, um, no, gardening is very therapeutic. One, it's uh, some of it's the physical exercise, some of it's that mindfulness of your attention to, you know, what you're uh, 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 plant or uh, what you're doing, as well as just being in nature and greenery has, has proven to have so many benefits. And when you're also maybe either in an allotment or working in the garden, someone passed by that social interaction and sharing ideas of um, gardening are all, you know, conducive. So it, it is used to, uh, as a therapy in many um, places and it's good for the mental health as well. So 
uh, I've enjoyed uh, doing bits of gardening and found it very uh, beneficial. So uh, great. And uh, tell us a bit more about uh, teaching uh, the Nepalese ladies. What what does that involve? How did that come about? And uh, how, how do you benefit? Yes, I was walking, you know, and I went past this notice board and it said they want teachers to teach the local Nepalese people at the church. So um, I tentatively sent a CV in and say, you know, um, not expecting anything because I'm not an English teacher. And I haven't learned how to, I haven't done the ESOL courses or anything, you know, teaching English as a foreign language and all. I haven't done any of those things. So anyway, they said, just come along. Um, and it's not, it, to saying you're teaching them English is really grand for what we do. We actually just spend time with them. Mm. But what's interesting is they are, you know, a lot of them are grandmothers. I think one of them, and is probably a great grandmother. And in Nepal, women don't go to school. So they've never held a pencil. And, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit older now, but they are happy to take, you know, instruction from you. Mm. And then that is really interesting that a grandmother would take instruction from this person that turns up and says, well, do it like this. And, and you have to wonder the motivation. What, what, why would they do that? And, and what has really delighted us is if you give them mathematics problems to solve, they love it. And they want to get to the end of the paper. So that in itself is an inspiration because they, there's no, they're not trying to get a job or anything. They're, not, they're not youngsters trying to fit in. It's just a bit of fun. But they, they don't want to be interrupted when they're doing the sums. So I, 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 I find that really interesting. And, you know, and, and we've taught them how to write their names and things. Um, and we had once, we've only done it once, we took them to um, the local um, pastry shop, you know, to, to, to sort of have some afternoon tea or something. You know, and they don't give money. They don't, they don't handle money, the women. The men do that for them. Mm. So they don't go shopping and hand money over. But they were all our ladies. So we took them. We went ahead to the cafe and said, right, what will it cost? And he said, I don't know what he said. He says, okay, so they've only got a fiver and you must give them change because I want them to have the experience of handing money over and getting something back. He says, okay, we'll make it £4.50. You know, they all went, they all lined up, they all handed their fiver over and they said they had never done that before. They'd never paid for anything on their own. Not everybody, yeah. lots of them. And, you know, they sat and they had tea the way, you know, the sort of proper, the way you probably do it and whatever. And, and, um, and they got all dolled up for it because normally they're very casual. They got all dolled up. It was just such a nice experience. And, and you just feel that, you know, you're doing something interesting and fun for people for an hour and a half who um, ordinarily probably wouldn't take instruction from a younger person who can't speak Nepalese and, and, and you know, just about you know, um, something about Nepal. So so that's that's good fun. I've now been doing it for about two or three years now. So it's funny how the years are all run. So, um, so we had our first classes three weeks ago. They started back face to face. Um, so when it came down, um, so we lost a couple of people through the COVID. So a couple mm. of people um, um, died. And, and then there was a barbecue session and there was a woman in floods of tears. She just couldn't be consoled. Her husband had died. Um, so, you know, but they're back and, and they're back yeah. without masks and things. So, so yeah, so that's, um, I, I'm going tomorrow actually. So that's, that's my, my Thursday morning thing if I'm not working. Fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah. So that's Jeez. good fun. Yeah. Excellent. Sounds really rewarding and um, sounds like, you know, both parties are really benefiting from uh, this experience. 
So. Yes, well, yeah, now I, I, I've been doing it for a long time. When I'm walking around Santos, I know a lot of them now and they recognize you. And that's really nice to be in a community where people yes. say, I now know somebody or not just about every street in Santos. And so that didn't happen before. So that yeah. makes you feel more grounded in, in your area. So, yeah. So that's yeah. Nice. Feels part of the community. Yeah, yeah you're doing part of the community now. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. So now um, we want to. Uh, the big kind of question which is two or three questions really it's you know what's been your journey um some of the challenges and major turning points that you've had and how you've you know overcome those so yeah so um so i was my mom was here in the 60s and i was born here and then she went back to trinidad so we spent our childhood you know in trinidad and it was an amazing childhood in the sun sorry just with that i think when we were speaking previously, it's was it three or four hundred years ago that there's been an Indian uh, emigration from India to Trinidad and the Caribbean, correct? So what happened was um, the the Indians were taken from India to the Caribbean as indentured labourers. Okay. If you remember, there were the plantations, um, and and so the the Indians were taken to do to do to, to do labour work, but as paid labour. Mm-hmm. Um, so my great grandfather's father was there as a boy. Um, so, um, so his father, you know, went went to, to, was taken to Trinidad, and Trinidad has a huge, huge Indian community, um, and I would say we're probably about half and half. And there is quite a lot, uh, quite a lot of Chinese people, but I guess they're probably not that, you know, voluminous. Yeah. Um, so the the Indian culture. So we were brought up speaking English because it, it's the West Indies past, you know, uh, and, but everything we did at home uh, in terms of anything religious was obviously all around, well, we're Hindu, so all around being Hindu. Um, and we followed all the traditions and, and, and so, and, and, but as I've gotten older, I've realized that we're following an idea of what the traditions are because India's so moved on. <laughs> we're like stuck over there and India's modern and doing different things and I'm saying to my mom so they don't do it like that anymore mom <laughs> you're holding on to whatever we were taught three four hundred years ago India doesn't look like that anymore yes um but but I suppose if you think of you know religion and spirituality then of course that doesn't age so that's whatever it was so mm. um so we we held on to those traditions um uh, as much as we can um and some of it obviously has got diluted but my parents and my and, and you know all our festivals and stuff we, we 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 follow um so so that's a huge thing um so my childhood was anchored like that going to school doing well all that kind of stuff um and then we came back to england uh when i was 14 and then um my mom then decided they were going back to trinidad but i wasn't going with them i was staying here I was like, <laughs> with <laughs> where are you going? And I'm, well, why? so she left me here. So, and and, and it's, it's bizarre. I'm 15. I was like, what, <laughs> what's going on? So anyway, um, I didn't ask to go back though. So it was like, I was on a journey and she put me on this journey and it never asked, it never really occurred to me when then to question why I was, it's only when I got older, I was like, well, you did what? <laughs> You know, I just did as I was told. You know, that's what you do. This yeah. is where you, and you now live with that. And we with with Auntie. Um, oh my gosh, um, Lynn. I now live with Auntie Lynn and her mother. 
okay, probably with Auntie Lynn and her mother then. <laughs> and, and, and here I was on my own. I was like, okay. And, and so I was looked after for a little while. And then, then they sent my younger sister to live with me. And she's like, what am I doing here? It's bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. So we look back at it and laugh now. But I suppose in those days, the world wasn't as strange as it is now. It wasn't so scary. Yeah. You, you could do things. You could be, you know, we were out on doing things on our own. You know, we'd go out playing all day on our own. We'd get home. Um, it, it, it was a tough life. But I don't think, we didn't think of choice then. We didn't have any. That's where we lived. You know, my mother was over here, so I couldn't take myself on a plane and go find her. So I just, I don't know, we, we just did it. But looking back on it, bonkers. I mean, it's just who does that? It's just bonkers. I said to her, what were you? Anyway, she hangs her head in shame now. Well, you know, I didn't do badly. I said, yes, but that's down to me, not you. You're the one who left me here. So I, I have no idea. I, I can't tell you, Shailene, what what was in her head what was in my head um I just put one foot in front of the other much I suppose I don't know it just got on with it yeah um I did go back to Trinidad every year but I returned every year hmm. I suppose somewhere I must have known this is where I need to be I, I I don't know I can't really explain that other than I think I was always born to be a soldier I think I was in the army I would have just done as I was told I think um so I then went to university. Um, so yes, the family, as I'm sure you're all aware, you know, you're a lawyer or a doctor or an accountant, sorry, RuPaul, or an accountant or, you know, and I thought, so I don't want to do any of those things. <laughs> At A-level, I had a really, really good um, electronics teacher and he was saying to us, you know, you should consider engineering. And I was the only one who took him up and considered that. So then I went to university. And as you said, um, so I was the only woman girl in the class um and I didn't when you're 18 you're not really that aware of male female professions you're just aware of this is what we do you know mm. we are and we are lawyers and that kind of thing so for me it wasn't about being in any any particular environment it was just not the normal stuff just do something different but in any case I actually enjoyed electro engineering um I suppose I could have followed, so my, you know, my sister's in law, I probably could have followed law, but I don't think it was interesting, as interesting as engineering seemed to be. So it was really out of the blue for me and for them. My family wasn't, you know, that keen on the idea. What will you do with that? You know, why don't you do something we understand? Like, like, um, and then I graduated and then, and then you know, it, then it became a big thing because I got a really nice job. And I think they started to understand maybe what I was, what I could do, I suppose that's different. Yeah. So took me down that road. So um, my mathematical brain, I think is, is probably was more finely tuned, I guess, than, than the other half, I, I guess, for law and stuff. I, I, I think I would have tired of that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it sounds like you kind of found... A, a calling or a, a discipline which leveraged off your passion and your interest and your um, strengths uh, fairly early on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was really hard. But the, the one thing I've learned through life, though, is for me, if you stick to it, whatever it is, rather than, this is in my opinion, I think other people, my siblings have done things very differently and chopped and changed in my view. This mm -hmm. chopping and changing, every time you change direction, it costs you something, doesn't it? And I've always wanted the most direct route to retirement that I could find. 
and, and I felt if I wasn't enjoying it, but I jumped out, should I not have spent that time getting better, whatever this thing is? So I've tried to stick on the same road and I've turned it. So it, it was engineering and, and it was programming. It was that, then it was testing. Then that became training in testing. Mm-hmm. But now I'm more trainer than I am tester. So I'm going to turn that around to something else. So, so the career has changed, but there's actually a pattern yeah. that you can see. And for me, that's efficient. I, I go for efficiency. I'm always mm-hmm. trying to work route or whatever. I hate waste of anything. So to me, I don't want to waste my time. I certainly don't waste my money. I don't waste food. You know, I, I try to do things in a nice, tidy. I think we should be the smallest footprint we possibly can on the planet because, quite frankly, I, I, I still haven't figured out why we're here. Um, so I feel I should just do as little as possible harm as I could and just take what I need and then, you know, die. And <laughs> don't know what happens after that. Um, so, so yeah, so that that for me... You could argue it was a tough journey, but then everybody's life has challenges, isn't it? Whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's, but some people have really, really tough lives. But I think there's, for most of us in mainstream, we're all on the same road, aren't we? Just, just subtly different challenges, I think. The people you meet are usually like you. Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I think it's, from my experience of from the episodes we've had, there's, you know, some of what people are sharing and have uh, gone through, um, uh, you can relate to some extent, but some of it is along the lines of that, you know, I, I wasn't even aware that, you know, something like this was out there or could happen. They're like this the last um, time had, you know, shared about growing up in a, a, a war-torn environment of Sri Lanka and, um, you know, a home where there was uh, domestic violence. So, <laughs> You know, hadn't been aware or seen that and some of the other people who uh, we will have um, coming on and sharing will be sharing I think aspects which uh, just broaden our awareness of the world because often yeah we can be having a particular view of what we've been exposed to and aware of in that way. So, <laughs> yes and if you've been exposed to direct physical violence or anything like that then that's an, that's an entirely different thing I, i've been obviously aware of it and, and and you 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 kind of you know when sort of so the most important male figure for me was my granddad and you know he he was um everything that to me a, a, a male figure should be so when i was a child in trinidad and there was no electricity he went outside and he brought this thing and then and, and it was a generator. And I was like, oh my God, my, my, my granddad knows how to make electricity. How is he doing that? It's like, wow. So to me, he was all, he was all hero. And, and then when he died, then that's, that's a real challenge. I really was all at sea for a couple of years. I wasn't quite sure. When my grandmom died, that was terrible. Uh, but she was not as an anchor, as the steering in my life. So when he died, it was all over the place. I actually went mm. adrift for a couple of years and quite no. But in terms of facing violence in any way i've been um yeah. very lucky no i haven't yeah but uh, yeah. I, I think the one that was of interest to me which you know when we had flesh in it is that you know, age 14 15 being here uh, in a way on your own and you were saying about you know making your own way to school um cooking your own food and then looking after your younger sibling you know, lots of you know, big responsibilities at uh, a young yeah, age. That, yeah, that was incredibly hard because I really wanted to be a good student. And I'd lie in the bed at night and my book would be here because I'd be so tired. 
I'm trying to read this book and I'd fall asleep because, of course, you're just absolutely exhausted, you know, just from the day. So I wasn't trying to be wayward. Mm. But, you you know, you just, keeping up at school was really hard. And when I left Trinidad, because everything was there, I was doing well. Mm. When I came here for the first few years, I did do well. But then when it got to the tough subjects, because I was exhausted, you just you. So, so there are challenges. But I think. I suppose the bigger challenges in life is when somebody's yeah really you know I, I wasn't everybody was rooting for me it, it wasn't like I was a you know <laughs> abandoned I suppose but I think the challenges you're describing are real real challenges that people do come through and and and, mm. on, and you know and can inspire us um, so if I think of people in the family uh, and in my friends sort of friendship circles we've all had sort of maybe not quite as heart-wrenching challenges but you go through the normal challenges and it's yes. yeah it's trying to figure out what's important and how you keep pushing yourself really hard knowing that you're in a position of privilege compared to a lot of the world yeah. you know yeah. so, so for me knowing and I always used to complain I so, you know you won't drink water I said some people have to walk five miles to get water mm. <laughs> and you won't drink water coming out of the tap. I was like, come on, drink some water, have fun, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I'm very aware of, of, I think, what I consider a position of privilege that, that most of us inhabit compared to an awful lot of people. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful that I'm, that I'm I'm not in that world, although I think old enough now to be able to to, to dodge the bullet, you know, should Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And in terms of uh, with a career, you know, as you said, you know, you were very much uh, in a male-dominated uh, industry, but uh, you did thrive in that environment in the sense of being the first chartered engineer in the company. Um, you know, a lot of it was um, down to getting focused and putting in the hard work and so forth. Uh, tell us a bit, I guess, about the experience of the glass ceiling and uh, the shift away from there to... Uh, Australia and so forth. Yeah, so when I, um, I, you know, I was, um, I started studying for my MBA. And then when you're studying, you know, you get bored. And I looked at the newspapers and I found a job advert for engineers out in, in Australia. So I applied for that and I got the job. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I got this job to go to Melbourne to work for their um, defense force. Um, but there was it was a completely different environment. So I, I didn't I didn't like it at all. It wasn't quite what I thought it would be. Um, so I came back and then and then I lost a couple more years and went to the city. But Shailen, it was very hard in the city. It was very, very tough. And um, this was sorry, and this was after 10 years working on the tornado, correct? 10 years working on the tornado. So I felt that I knew my stuff mm. technically. But the next thing was to get commercially aware. And that was really tough. I, you know, they didn't stab you in the back. They stabbed you while you looked at them. They didn't have the, they didn't even have the decency to wait till your back was turned. And that was a real, I wasn't shocked because I was warned before I went. Because my project manager said, you're not going to like it. That they'll, they'll eat you alive. And I said, so I might as well get eaten now then because I'm young still. Let's do it now. So I, I consciously chose it because I felt I would stay here in a warm environment or I could face the cold while I'm young. And I was in my 30s and I thought, well, this is the time to do it if I'm going to try and find out what, what I could be made of. Um, and, and that, yeah, and it, that was extremely stressful. They, they were out to get you at every turn. Um, and so you had to, to learn how to stand your ground. And, 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 and one of the ways to get ahead in, in that company was to take up smoking and go to the smoking shelter with people. 
And that's when I saw the glass ceiling. I thought, well, obviously I'm not a smoker and I'm not going to smoke and I don't want to do that. And I'm not hanging around with you guys. Um, so I took what I could out of that and then decided. So I'd had the engineering training. I'd had the business training. I had my half of my MBA and I felt, well, perhaps I could do something with that. That seemed to be enough to go to the next level. So I resigned on April the 1st. April Fool's Day. <laughs> and, and nobody except they didn't think it was, they thought, I, they thought I, I was, it was a joke. And so they let me carry on and work with all the different clients. And normally when you resign, they give you three months garden leave. So I planned for my gardening leave to be paid to sit at home to plan my courses. And they said, no, you go out to work. And after a month, they said, so, so have you actually resigned? I said, oh my gosh, yes. That was my letter of resignation. <laughs> so... Um, so that that was, you know, so I took anyway, I took most of the clients with me. Um, so I knew that I wanted to be my own thing. And I felt confident enough that at the end of the day, I think if you're married with children, it's a very different thing. Uh, or if you have children, you're not married. But if you have responsibilities, then you can't do these things. I think that's a different, that is the big difference. So all my siblings ha have children. So I don't think they could have taken the risk that I've taken because it would have been a big challenge so yeah if I lost my house or anything happened to me I could always go back home you know you can always go back to your parents can't you mm -hmm. um, but if you have children to look after I think that's an entirely different thing in your head so again that choice of lifestyle and and probably because you know I didn't really meet the the the, 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 the man I wanted to meet the man of my dreams that didn't appear um so I carried on and so then you make different choices really um yeah. So, but I think, yeah, I, I think it's about just making the most of whatever it is you've got. So if you've got children, they, they can bring you joy. Um, and I have lots of nieces and nephews and I, and I do take a, a big interest in all of them. Mm -hmm. um, and so my, my eldest nephew is now 31 and I now have a great niece and a great nephew and my great nephew is now, I don't know, six or seven months. So, so they span the whole spectrum. So yes. I get involved like that, you know, but as an outlier, I'm not really obviously so 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 invested because i'm not the parent but that's yeah. it okay good um if we uh, move on to uh, the next question which is what are some of your daily habits and routines that support you so you already mentioned about chicken what other things do you do that um, nurture and support you so one of the tips when i was going into my own business my boss had done the same thing and he said you need to get exercise every day so, you know, so I, I go for my walks every day and to, to run a business for me to make, because those of you who run businesses or even in work, everything changes all the time, doesn't it? You've got this move. Mm. So if I can anchor myself some way, so if, if I can find a way, I, I do things in a particularly regimented way. So if I'm traveling, I stay at the same hotels near wherever it is I'm working. So I will stay in the same hotel so they know me and I know them and they know what. So the, the routine actually works. And some philosopher from days of yore said, you know, routinize the routine, make it the thing you do all the time. So it doesn't take up. You probably know these philosophers. I don't really know. I just yeah. Don't know. I mean, that's the habit part of happy life habits. That's, you know, what we Is teach it? off. And with the 30 day, you know, gratitude and um, journal training course, you know, we say, you know, do the journal, keep it by your bedside, keep the tools there, do it first thing in the morning and you know, use the triggers and the anchors and, make it um, a, a regular a practice and a, 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 yeah a take you know the decision making part of it and that's what you know uh, Steve Jobs Mark Zuckerberg and Barack Obama did of 
took away the decision making of what they were going to wear so they wore the same outfits each day so they had that energy for the decision making preserved for the big decisions that they had to make yeah. Yes. And uh, yes. Uh, um, so you want you want things. I, I like to do things fully. I don't like to do things half heartedly. So if I can't do it, I get frustrated. If I feel I'm going to be late to work, I'm frustrated, very frustrated. You know, so. Um, so I think for me, success is about knowing what you need to achieve and recognize it because I'm now working for myself that the client isn't paying for your whatever faffing around. They're paying for this. Mm-hmm. So this needs to happen. So therefore, you need to make sure that happens before you get to the classroom. So, which is why I would catch the train before the train I need, because it's not their problem if I, it's not, shouldn't be yeah. their problem. You know? So I think it's about being focused. And I, for me, coming from Indian roots is, is probably the biggest thing that has worked because that work ethic is what's sewn into you and it's kind of ingrained. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's what will carry me through and, and hopefully will carry the younger ones through that's how we're brought up and, and I feel really proud that we we have that push you know. brilliant so yeah so that's great uh, so routines is a big part of your uh, aspects yeah great what is um, one of your favorite quotes so I can still can't remember it Shailene you had to fill it in for me the wisdom one so yeah it's I think the seven- about- it's the serenity prayer. So it's um, God grant me a serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things uh, that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So it's yeah. it, it, the aspect of work of the things that you can change and accept, you know, faithfully or with serenity the things you can't change and know which is which. Because uh, there's no point in trying to change the weather because uh, you can't control it, but you can change um, what you use um, for the weather, like taking an umbrella or a raincoat or uh, sunglasses. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about climate change now and everybody wants world peace and, and, and all of these things. And they're all great things to aspire to. But when would you ever achieve it? Hmm. So so I think you can make your ambitions way bigger than than than, than the realms of possibility. And then you're never going to achieve it. So you're... Hmm perpetually depressed then you're never going to achieve anything you know if you can't pick little things i've done this i've you know cooked something really nice or i've done that or i've you know um found a new route around something something simple i think make it within your grasp so so that you achieve it and then and i think success breeds success doesn't it you feel good yeah there's an excellent um video um i think it's a sergeant or a lieutenant called um craven i think it's the name and it's it talks about uh you know first of success or whatever is making your bed so he's an army person and you know making their bed in the morning was and making it well uh, uh, was a big deal because doing that first thing meant you know they've achieved something and then it successfully and then that led to uh, the ripple effect of other things so yeah. that's that so what is an achievement that you're really proud of um i think supposedly that the, the biggest one is has been to run my own business so about a month ago I had worked in the corporate world for 16 years and run my own business for 16 years. Mm-hmm. So I've now had four weeks on my own, if, as it were. Mm-hmm. So I've outlived my corporate world in my own world. And I, I enjoyed that moment to think it's been now half and half. And now I'm now longer working for myself than I was yes. working for other people. So so that for me is my own personal achievement. I, I have really, you know, that, that, was, that was on the work front. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, the other one is that, you know, I do feel my friends really are genuine people. So, so I feel that's a big thing that I, I don't, nobody's, you know, so somebody was trying to get me as the, the thing was starting. Um, and I don't think I told her. Um, but, but I feel I have some really, really genuine friends who genuinely care. They're not interested in, in the usual frivolities and stuff. And, you know, yes, having a nice fun time. But, but I, I feel I have a good number of really interesting people who, who genuinely are interested in, 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 my, in my life and will offer advice. And some people will intervene where others won't. And, and, and I, I would prefer somebody to intervene and say, oh, you're going the wrong way. Do this. Um, so I think those two things matter to me. You know, and obviously the usual family and stuff, but but I think having really, really good friends is, is, is a big thing that you can call and, you know. Yeah, and it's one of the ones where um, the science and the research is there that, you know, uh, good connections and relationships are the, uh, one of the biggest factors that link, uh, lead to uh, longevity, a long and happy life. And the Blue Zone um, uh, analysis that they've done has shown that as well. So uh, that's, yeah, the science has shown good relationships and connections uh, leading to a long and happy life. Um, what is one of your favourite books and why? So I'll share with you. So Voyages of Delusion. So I have an interest in ships. So even though I studied aeronautical engineering, if I had my life to live over again, I'd probably go and study shipbuilding because I think that's probably actually more interesting. Um, and so the idea that people would go exploring on these ships in, in you know, big oceans, because I'm terrified of drowning, of drowning. So the idea that they could do that, I think, is really, really courageous. And, and so this book was um, these people um, taking, take, taking this, this ship to go and discover the Northwest Passage down in the, um, around the, the, the Cape of Good Hope and, and, and around South Africa and those places. And, and um, and because the voyage of delusion, the, the delusion bit was that they couldn't navigate, didn't know where they were, got lost, stayed off course by, by miles, um, and got horribly lost, ran out of provisions, and then had a gentlemanly agreement that when, so you'd say to me, so Angelina, when I die, you can eat me. Um, and, and they did that to survive. Mm. Now, I think it's based on fact. Sometimes they take history and, 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 and you know, uh, fantasize it. But I believe it is based on some fact um, where, where there was cannibalism going on, but they didn't, you know, I, I wouldn't hunt you down and kill you to eat you. I'd wait until you'd passed away. And, and, mm. and, and that teaches you that, you know, sometimes in life you've got to make some incredibly tough decisions. But it wasn't harsh. It wasn't like you're trying to run away. You didn't have to run from me. I'd wait for you to die. Um, or I could die. Um, but when they were found, they were half starved and all that kind of stuff. And, and but but the, the journey was what they were trying to, to that discovery. And so so I've named my company the Pinter, which is after a ship. And so Christopher Columbus, when he discovered um, Trinidad, um, he there were, there were three ships, and the Pinter was supposed to be the most agile and smallest of the ships. So I'm tiny, and you know, so, so I was kind of stuck to that. So. And it connects to your um, Caribbean roots and the idea of journey and voyage and exploration. Yeah. yeah, something just to remind me where I came from. I yeah. I be there and then, then the journey. And yeah, so yeah, it's, it's all yeah. about it. It's just coming out of your normal life. So yeah. Fantastic. Good. And what did you learn from your parents? 
So my granddad pops into my head. And so he'd go to work and come back home and he'd give my grandmother the money that he'd earned and she'd run the house. And, and I've never forgotten that. So, you know, if you are the breadwinner, you need to go out to work. Um, and so, you know, um, go out to work. So when my grandmom was bringing us up, she had the, the sort of temple built, you know, when, when you're in the Caribbean, you have you have these big homes like you yeah. would have in India and, and those places. So so she had a temple and she had all of our deities and all of that. And then she also had, you know, um, a picture of Jesus Christ. And, 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 and I was sent to a Muslim school. Um, so she made sure that my upbringing was balanced. Um, so um, I didn't have to go to a Hindu school because I practiced that at home. But I should go to a Muslim school because we don't practice that at home. So you can learn what that's all about. And then um, I did go to a convent. Um, so, so she made sure that, that there would be no, when I'm growing up and, and anything, uh, you know, I, I guess I didn't, wasn't aware of these problems with religion. And I think she made sure that I would continue to be bemused by, by, by the wars and stuff, because I still am, because that's how I was brought up. You know? yes. um, every religious festival for us as children was a, wasn't, it was a great time because you'd get fed something. So, you know, Diwali time, we had all our stuff and then you'd go to, 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 um, eat and you'd get all this food coming out of course, Christmas. So to me, what's not to like? I mean, there's all this food coming my way. You know, it's always not... <laughs> so, so those things they taught us tolerance and and all of that, and then and then of course, well, hard work because you, you know you had no choice. My granddad had lots of mouths to feed, and then he did. Yeah. So, so it's just the usual stuff, I suppose. I don't know. I think it's probably quite quite common for well, us. That's good. Thank you. So it comes to um, kind of the final um, main question, which is who or what are your inspirers? So um, I draw my inspiration to just some everyday people, right, you know, what I need to do right now. I, I, I kind of compartmentalize my life. What do I need to do? What's achieved? What do I need to achieve right now? So I look around at people. So what am I looking for right now? That person's doing that. So I think I'll follow them. So right now, my Qigong teacher is inspiring me right this second. Um, when I came to this part of the world, I had an ex, a, a, a supremely generous landlady when I was renting who took me under her wing and put me, she was an English teacher. So I had a presentation to give at work. She put me through my paces. We did that over and over and over and over until I got it right. And then she said, right, you're ready now, you can go. Mm. Um, so, so she was really inspirational. And I, I don't look for big things. I don't look for the grand big idea. I think small ideas will work within reach. Let me do that. You know, into, in my youth, I thought, oh yes, you can go and change the way you can do it. No, you can't. Well, at least I don't. So anyway. You can, you can play your little part in, in it, but am I going to solve climate change by myself now? But I can do my bit, you know. Um, do I want to be Greta Thunberg? No, definitely not. Am I impressed by these people stopping traffic everywhere? No, so not. You know, I think there are different ways of doing things and you can always do things in a positive way to make your point. And if you can't, don't do it, yeah. you know, so yeah. So just normal people really. Fantastic. And with that, um... It might um, link in with uh, the other strand that uh, we did share at the beginning of uh, how you see angels uh, uh, everywhere have been, have been guiding you. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, when you're growing up, you just sometimes you reach a crossroads, you have no idea where to turn. And I, I can I can honestly tell you, I can pinpoint the people who said this way. So, you know, you need to go this way, you need to go that way. And, and again, when you're on your own, when your mother's left you, <laughs> you have to figure it out you have to find somebody else to aspire to you know 
And so the United Kingdom, I think, was my calling and it was the place I needed to be. Um, and my Qigong teacher says, you know, when you're ready, your teacher will appear. Hmm. So I've known at points in my life when I'm, when I'm stuck and I don't know which way to turn. And there's always been somebody I can hang on to that says, go this way. So to, um, to get the job, to get out of defense into the commercial world, I was chasing a very big salary rise because I, I bought the house and I wanted, you know. So and I, I found a, a chap who gave me the shot and gave me the, the, the pay rise I wanted. So he showed me the way, okay, this, this way, do this. Then when I wanted to leave, I found a different person who said, this is how you run a business. So this is what you do. Um, when I wanted something to do that would, I started to free up my time. So I wanted to do something for the community. Somebody said, yes, this is how you do it. And what's good about the local churches, they ask no questions. They just accept you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not interested in anything about you other than, yep, can you do this? Are you, are you a happy, friendly person? And, and, and so I become, you know, a big part of the church just by turning up. So, you know, and I've had long and deep meaning, deep meaningful conversation with their pastor, you know, um, because he's of a view that nobody's guilty of anything. So I've had really interesting conversation with him about, you know, child sex abuse and stuff. So justify that then. You know, and he's got a completely different take on it. So that level of next thinking comes from him. So you just see different people along the route that just says, yep, go this way. So so for me, a prepared mind, I think, is is... You know, I'm, I'm ready to receive the information. Although there have probably been lots of people advising that it just wasn't ready for, because you're brilliant, yeah. isn't it? You haven't yeah, seen the alignment that. wasn't there. Yeah. Probably okay. hasn't seen every angel that came to help me. But it's because I remember that story about the man in, in, on the raft who's in the sea, you know, and, and somebody comes to save him and, and the ship comes under this company and he says, no, 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 yeah. God will me. And then he drowns. And God says, yeah, well, I sent all that. So, yes. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. <laughs> yes. Great. Thank you. Uh, are there, is there any uh, you know, question or anything you want to share that we haven't asked you that you'd like to share before uh, we finish? No, I, I think, no, I think that's, you know, I, I think right now I, I'm just, just morbidly curious about Boris Johnson, where he's taking us. I, I'm quite interested to see what happens next in, in, in this next journey. So, um, no, uh, thank you. Um, like everybody else, I'm just waiting for us to be able to travel and go somewhere and, and see, see the world again, I suppose. Good. No, thank you for that. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share the screen again. I'm going to cover a, a, a couple more slides. And in the meantime, if um, if anyone would like to ask a question, if you could um, indicate on the chat or let us know, then um, we'll come and we will take uh, those questions for a couple of minutes before we um, do finish. Um, so uh, I'm just yeah sharing. Um, the screen here. So uh, this is uh, Angelina's uh, website. So Pinter um, ED, so Pinter Education, uh, PinterEd.com. So if you do want to get in touch with um, Angelina, you can contact her um, via that website, as well as um, if, if you are uh, or know of anyone who is looking for um, training courses um, in software and, um, and user acceptance testing. This is the uh, place to go. Thank you. That. No, you're welcome. So um, we will uh, go into uh, question and answer in a moment. Um, we often ask, you know, what is um, your happiness scale um, now uh, as we come towards the end? So if you do, do want to just drop it in the chat, that would be nice to know or press the space bar and 
share. Um, again, we want to really thank um, Balance Consultancy for sponsoring the whole series. And um, in two weeks' time, we have Habit um, joining us. He's uh, the director and owner of a, a brand called uh, Wilds XL, and he's been very much influenced by um, uh, 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 wildlife and um, uh, uh, yeah, wildlife and animals, and he's brought that into his music and into his clothing brand. So he'll be sharing that. He'll also be sharing um, some of the aspects of his um, colourful uh, 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 background of you know, street life as he was growing up. Um, uh, the uh, coping mechanisms of um, needing to use um, substances when um, uh, his uh, father had passed away, but now he's you know living a clean uh, living life and you know volunteering in community kitchens um, as well as working in social adult um, care. So some interesting um, journeys and stories to be shared uh, there and. Um, the final gratitude co um, journal course for the year is open and 31st of um, October, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock is when um, we will start. So if any of you do want to join, great opportunity to be, um, build those habits of gratitude and journaling and um, ways to be connected uh, to life habits if you want to find out more about anything. So I'm just going to check and see, does anyone have um, any questions for uh, Angelina, uh, that they would like to ask um, on uh, uh, what she shared. Um, great. Uh, so we're getting comments off, you know, thanks and uh, interesting talk and so forth, but uh, 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 no thanks. questions. Yep. Thanks for the comments. Thank you very much. Brilliant. No, thank you, Angelina, for um, joining us, sharing your time, sharing your journey. Really appreciate it. Uh, really, really fascinating. And uh, I think, you know, prior to us having you know, these conversations, I wasn't aware of the history and the heritage of the, the Indian community in Trinidad and, and Tobago. So uh, that was you know, interesting. And uh, yeah, your journey has been very interesting uh, to hear. So. Uh, especially like when you first shared about uh, 14, 15 year olds being <laughs> brought here. So I said, that's, you know, we did, did, do you need to bring that through? So brilliant. No, thank you. Um, so oh, thank we'll, you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we'll uh, have the recordings put up onto uh, the appropriate um, uh, uh, sites in due course and we'll let uh, communicate that through. So, um, uh, we will see you all uh, at least uh, at latest in two weeks' time when we have our next uh, inspiration point. And if there are any uh, family, friends, or anyone else you think might enjoy uh, partaking this, please do let them know and encourage them to join. Uh, they can get a donation ticket and join or uh, give us a shout and we can find some time uh, a gifted uh, ticket. So with that, um, we will say take care. Thank you all and see you soon. And we will close the session.